data science in a startup, and we have a special guest today, Mariana. Mariana is a data scientist at hi, is a data scientist at Restream and a data science lead and mentor in the local branch of Women Women Who Code community in Kiev. Before Restream, she worked at Data Robot, and she also led a data science team in a fintech startup. Welcome. Thanks. Um, before we go into our main topic, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your career journey so far? Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was like super straightforward, as, as it probably happens with some of the data scientists, because, you know, basically you usually have like just two ways. Uh, you're coming from a research background or uh, from software development background. And basically I used to be a Java developer. Uh, so um, I just uh, got interested in, in the field and uh, thanks to the Women Who Code community, I also met uh, real data scientists who, who were doing like so work in production. And like back then, uh, five years ago, it wasn't that uh, popular, maybe it wasn't that, that easy to find such people. And uh, it really helped me to find a mentor. And that's how I started to study a lot. And uh, then when I got my first job in, in a startup, I will probably be like referencing that a bit because uh, this is basically the place where I had the experience of uh, leading a team. And uh, also after that, I worked in data robots, which uh, kind of allowed me to compare what it's like to work in a small startup uh, uh, in comparison to working in a more, I would say, closer to enterprise kind of company. And right now in Restream, um, also it's a startup as well. And uh, I kind of have uh, all the experience that I got like over the years and um, I'm trying to apply it here right now. Okay, so well, when did you switch uh, to, to data science? Was it five years ago? Yeah. So this is when you joined uh, the Women Who Code uh, branch? Yeah. Okay, it was at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. And you, were you a, a, the first data scientist at your first startup? Um, no, uh, there were several data scientists and uh, it was like, fintech startup and I was lucky with that because uh, I have kind of more experience and had reviews and stuff but uh, unfortunately it didn't last long uh, that a lot of things changed uh, in the company and uh, like it changed also in careers and lives of uh, my former colleagues so I think after less than a year I was uh, the only one data scientist and that's how I got into uh, trying to organize everything myself and uh, trying to hire a team, uh, which was interesting since I didn't really had like that much experience. Uh, I mean, technical experience, but uh, I was like the only person who knew product that well. Like even if we uh, got to hire someone else, uh, this person didn't know that much like the domain of the company. So it was really challenging, but. Uh, it, it gave me quite a lot in terms of experience. What are the pros and cons of starting as the first data scientist at the company? I would say it's a bit um, subjective probably for me, uh, but uh, maybe the best thing is having freedom uh, in terms of what you can do. Like you don't have limitations uh, 
you're not limited by technologies you use, you're not limited by methodologies. And for example, uh, in data robot, uh, there is like really strict uh, guidelines and uh, process which are used uh, for the projects uh, in comparison to startups where you can basically uh, come up with some idea, you can implement it like really fast and uh, control its execution. So it doesn't really take you that much time to go through all that as it happens in some of the big companies when you need to get all the needed approvals and stuff. Um, also, you kind of have more influence, I guess, in terms of views again, like, uh, I mean, like, probably listen to your opinion more, <laughs> I guess. So if you're working in a big company, there is uh, a lot of data scientists and you are working on some specific projects probably, but when you're the only one, you're basically responsible for everything related to data science in the company. So, so we hire a bigger team. Um, also, it seems to me if a startup has a um, healthy culture, uh, that deadlines can be more realistic because you kind of uh, set them yourself. And uh, of course, you like discuss it with your colleagues, but uh, still, it's not like you have the strict process and uh, you're not pressured uh, in, in terms of that. Although I still think that um, in terms of like disadvantages, uh, you kind of have more responsibility than you have when you work in a team um, because you are can be responsible basically not just for your model, but for everything happening in the company. Uh, like in the first startup where I worked, I was basically responsible like for everything related to analytics, even like if it was dashboards, helping with some queries to uh, other teams and stuff. So it's quite a lot of, it's a huge world, I would say. And uh, because of that, uh, you have to learn a lot on the way because uh, again, you don't have anyone near you where you can just ask. And uh, I would say it's both uh, good and bad, <laughs> bad in a way that uh, you have to like, you have this pressure that you need to learn a lot and you have to somehow validate yourself if it's uh, if you are doing the right thing. And um, at the same time, if you have someone to ask, sometimes you, you kind of can uh, get unmotivated maybe to learn stuff. Like, at least that's where I noticed uh, how it works for, for me that uh, I kind of developed faster the professional when I have like less uh, support, I would say, mm -hmm. from, from my colleagues. I don't know how it works, but sometimes when you kind of feel that uh, you have someone to ask something, you kind of uh, rely more on that and on yourself mm -hmm. and on learning stuff by yourself. So basically it forces you to... Uh... Uh, forces you to learn more than you would yeah. otherwise uh, learn with your colleagues. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually observed something similar when I worked at a startup, even though I had data, sci uh, data scientist colleagues uh, who worked as data scientists. Um, I think uh, the, uh, like because this lack of, um, you know, when there's a small team compared to a bigger team, and it kind of forces you to really do a lot of stuff that uh, otherwise uh, you maybe wouldn't do. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you basically uh, like let's focus on just one specific project and you don't think like, oh, okay, I will learn that later and I will just ask this person. 
how to do that because it, I need to do that faster for like some plans for for the team and deadlines and stuff. And uh, as it usually happens, sometimes we just never get to that <laughs> to learn that ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if somebody wants to join a company, so this company doesn't have any data scientists um, yet, and you want to join a company as a only data scientist, um, you know, what company should already have uh, for that, uh, well, like what kind of things they should have uh, for you to feel comfortable uh, in this uh, joining a startup? Like, are there any prerequisites or you can just go to any startup and start working as a data scientist? Uh, I would say that it, it would be great if company has some kind of uh, existing pipelines and infrastructure and people or like supporting that, it's either it's data engineers, uh, DevOps, or developers, just depends on, on the company policies and, and stuff about that. But uh, like I had experience with, uh, like in Restream, there is already established uh, infrastructure and people who do analytics and, uh, and stuff. Uh, while in comparison to that, uh, in, in the first startup where I worked, like I, there was, basically nothing and uh, there was some data gathered but uh, sometimes it was like some bugs uh, and you couldn't use this data and uh, because of that it was like really complicated uh, because it seemed like you had a lot of data but you actually didn't because you couldn't use all of that and uh, that's why I would say that's pretty much important um, also again compared to Restream probably having some kind of analytics department because as I mentioned like my first uh, job in a startup there was like no one doing analytics before me and uh, when you have like a huge scope of stuff you can do with data science and plus you have a lot of stuff that you can do with uh, analytics helping different teams and stuff it's like it's too much for one person for sure and uh, usually all of these things are high priority uh, so it can be hard to to do that, all that at the same time so basically a company should ideally have data engineers with data pipelines and then uh, analysts because otherwise if they don't have uh, them uh, you as a data scientist might end up doing all this work in addition to uh, yeah. trying to do data science but without uh, having data like without the data you probably cannot really do data science so you'll need first spend time a lot of time on building all these things right yeah um and uh, how much experience would i need to have to start uh, to join a company as a only data scientist do i need to be very experienced like a, i don't know senior person or if i'm just switching career um would it be a good idea to to join such a company? I think it should be more like middle senior level, but uh, the most important, at least for me, is uh, being able to create a project from scratch and go through all the needed phases, like not just uh, model training, but uh, you should be able to define a problem if you don't have enough data to somehow translate what other people mean when you talk with uh, people who don't really know data science. And uh, also you probably should be able to deploy a model and monitor it. So basically it's like a huge scope, I would say, and not everyone has 
this kind of experience because sometimes you, you just get to work on some one specific stage. So I would say experience with that or at least the motivation to do that and to do a lot by yourself. It's something that uh, should a data scientist should have. So even though there are data engineers, even though there are uh, analysts already in the company, you still need to do a lot of, uh, you said, communication, um, like working with others to define a problem, then actually training a model, and then after that also being able to deploy it, like do the whole thing from the beginning till end. Right? Yeah, I would say it's like it always starts from defining if there is actually a problem that needs solving, because uh, people usually don't really they don't really exist in this context of the data science problems and they have like very different understanding of how the field works and what we can do with the tools that we have. So basically it's always about uh, identifying whether there is a model needed or maybe it shouldn't be solved to, or maybe another problem needs more attention. How do you do that? I would say it takes experience, but at first... Uh, um, although I'm an introverted person, it was hard for me to learn not to be uh, like that, but uh, it takes really a lot of communication, uh, especially with people who are close to the business side of the product. Uh, if it's, uh, for example, analytics department, it's really helpful because uh, usually analysts know quite a lot about different parts of the product and they already can help uh, different teams so they know more about that and uh, going around all the company uh, but usually I try to communicate with all the departments because sometimes even especially when you don't have a data scientist colleagues all you have is like uh, different people with different backgrounds and when you hear their experiences and their challenges uh, I kind of automatically just translate it into the language of data science and try to understand how their problems can be solved. How does it usually happen? Do others come to you with their problems or you need to practically find problems uh, that can be solved with data science? I would say it depends on the company because uh, usually when the first data scientist is hired, there is already some understanding that... Uh, he or she's supposed to solve some problem or sometimes it's more like we have a lot of data and maybe we should do something with that but we don't know if we should <laughs> so yeah it depends uh, on the company but uh, when i started like in your stream for example i had like more specific requests and i was uh, i had like several ideas to explore which is what is having like more priority what is more feasible and uh, that's basically how I started working. And uh, at first it's like important to kind of talk more about what you can do because uh, people can't just come to you if they don't know what you're doing and how you can be helpful. So at first it's more like a proactive reaching out to other people. And um, that's what basically I did. Like I organized different meetings with uh, all the departments and. Uh, talked about their challenges and problems and uh, tried to explain the, how I can be helpful. And now it's more like people come to me that I'm like trying practically to do something. But I also try always to kind of think about uh, some kind of a roadmap or a plan 
and uh, discuss it as well as uh, other people if they they think that would be helpful or not. I think it's uh, also important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I can imagine if you talk to many people from different uh, departments, from different uh, teams, um, maybe all of them have problems or half of them, they have problems. And then you have a problem that you have too many problems to, to yeah. solve. So that's why you need a roadmap, right? So you need to be able to identify, okay, out of these 10 problems, what is the most uh, impactful one, one or what is the easiest to solve, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I basically evaluate like feasibility, priority, also discuss it for like people who are my supervisors, what do they think, and uh, that's how I basically decide what is more important. Mm -hmm. So um, you just ask, hey, like on a scale from one to 10, how important it is, or like how do you understand uh, what is more important and what is less? Uh, it's more like I discuss it, for example, with a uh, I'm basically part of a business analytics department and I just ask the lead of this department what they think is like more important right now and he's like always in touch with all these people as well so and he's like working in the company for many years already so I can chat with him or with some like other like product head of product and, and uh, people like that and hear different opinions so that's how i decide that something is um, having more priority right now mm -hmm. yeah, so for you i i'm not sure i got that part so when you were joining the stream uh did you already know what kind of problems you would be working on or you had to figure that out on your job uh, i already kind of had a vague uh, understanding what it could be and uh, at first uh, i thought that it could be a lot of like one thing but then we switched a little to another so i'm also like doing for like uh, work for marketing right now and uh, uh, also some of the problems uh, which we like discussed in the beginning they turn out to be not so important right now so they move to something else and uh, i would say that um, they kind of had a request, but it got more clear over time mm -hmm. when, I, when I joined the mm -hmm. team. So basically, a company should already have an idea that uh, they have some problem that potentially can be solved with data science, right? And not like, okay, we have this, uh, uh, I don't know, 10 terabytes of data or 10 terabytes <laughs> of data. Now we need to figure out what to do with this, all this information, right? So there should be something more or less, not super specific, but at least some idea, okay, like we have this problem. Uh, it could be solved with data science, right? So the uh, yeah, I also think that even if company doesn't really know what they want mm -hmm. to solve, they can have, I don't know, some kind of a consulting before that. Because uh, it's not like uh, all, we all live in this context of data analysis and we know what we can do with that. So it's completely fine not to know, but like both hiring and not knowing and also expecting a lot. Like uh, I, I met such uh, companies when they kind of uh, see data science as a, a magic pill, mm -hmm. which, which will be able to solve everything that's that's happening right now in the company but uh, it's more like a part of the one big process mm -hmm. and changes mm -hmm. 
So it's basically an ideal situation when a company already had consultants who explained them what could be done, what could not be done, and that potentially for this problem, data science is a good solution and they should hire data scientists, right? And then this is probably a good situation, right? Because company uh, already has some processes. Um, they have some ideas, even though maybe vague ideas, uh, what could be done with data science and then... Uh, that's probably the ideal case, right? And when they already have some mm -hmm. data pipelines and uh, an analytical department, it's probably the best place for uh, only data scientists, right, to start. Yeah, and I also think that data science is basically, it's like not the first step and not the first thing that you should do. Like, that's why I said that the analytics department is uh, necessary before that, because usually, uh, for people, they, they think that they need uh, some like uh, automated pipelines for models and stuff, but sometimes they just need some dashboards and uh, simple, more simple analytics. So it's more like more an advanced step that you get uh, over time. So that's why it kind of matters. Uh, you're muted right now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I uh, forgot to unmute myself. Yeah, so let's <laughs> say you uh, joined the company. So you had an interview with them. You really like them. So they have the data pipelines. They have an analytical department. They seem to know what they want. So you think it's cool. You join this company. And what usually happens after that? So let's say on your first day. I would say the first thing that uh, I usually do is that uh, I, I I try to discuss as, as much as possible with different people what do they uh, what do they expect from me and how do they see my work. Uh, so basically, I'm like trying to identify requirements and the main ideas. And usually, like the first week for me is for exploring the data, but just saying that okay, let's go look at the data. It's not really productive. So it's uh, always better to have some problem in mind. Uh, so you could like look at the data thinking that I can use this for that. So it was useful for me to know about these uh, ideas which were requested uh, in the beginning. So I could like look at data thinking that uh, I could use this for that and etc. So that's for the first week you said. And then let's say, um, after a month, um, what should you do in a month? Like, do you already need to have some sort of QC or are you still in this exploratory phase? Um, like, I guess it depends uh, on a case, but uh, uh, yeah, how, what do you, do you think should happen after a month? Yeah. Uh, so I think like uh, it kind of depends on the face of a person. I kind of tend to do a lot of stuff quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so uh, I try to get some kind of PCO the first month. It can be not, not necessarily a model, but uh, just some kind of a research or insights which already could be used. And uh, so basically, yeah, it could be even like a draft version of a model, even at the, at the same time, because you can kind of try to do that iteratively. So you already can test out some of the hypothesis. 
So basically at the end of week one, you already have some, you explore the data, you already know data more or less well. You kind of try to assess if you can use the data that is available to solve the problem uh, that you were hired to solve. And then if it's the case, you kind of explore the data more and then you get some insights. And then at the end of one uh, month, number one, you already have some sort of uh, maybe like insights or even a first model, right? Yeah. And then um, what happens after a quarter? Uh, I think by that time, you already kind of um, have some kind of methodology that you use. For example, I didn't just uh, build the first model. I also built some kind of uh, pipelines around that. So it could be easier for me later if I needed to train it or deploy another model. So that's why it probably took me like, it will take me longer in the beginning than later uh, because I already kind of built in some preparations for other work that it's, it's going to be done in the future. And uh, probably you should already have some kind of uh, analysis of what you've done. Like, for example, you can at least start running the model, do some kind of A-B testing to know if it's, uh, if it's a accurate enough or how it's working because uh, there is a lot based on on the feedback and the, on how how your model influences the processes and the product itself so it's at least in restream uh, we kind of follow this lean uh, methodologies it's why it's kind of really important to do a lot of stuff and iterations and test them at smaller scale so basically in a quarter after three months you can already test multiple hypotheses multiple models and maybe um, come up with uh, one that uh, really works and then try to deploy it right yeah okay and to uh, have a a b test and evaluate it that's cool and what if things don't work out well i think it's maybe it's a happy path that you you do this you identify the uh the 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 problem you see that all the data is there and you get insights you deploy your model and then you run a b test and you see a huge uplift uh, but that uh, doesn't always uh, like it it doesn't have to happen it might not happen right do you do you know how what's the best way of managing expectations of a company like maybe because maybe they want to see results in three months, right? Yeah, I always like say that uh, data science is not a result-oriented mm -hmm. uh, field, that uh, I personally believe that any project uh, in data science is uh, basically an answer to some question, even if it's, if we like don't like that answer, it's already some kind of information that we can use later. For example, we know that this model doesn't work, but it doesn't mean like everything is not working completely. We know that for example, we should solve this problem differently or we should use another data. We already can draw some kind of conclusions. That's why I can always try to uh, maybe educate everyone around that uh, uh, that's how it works. And uh, for example, in Restream right now, uh, my data analysts colleagues, they, are, they also agree with that because uh, they have kind of the same mindset when they are working in different problems. Mm -hmm. Is it something like this managing expectations? Is it something you should do before starting at the company uh, to make sure that uh, the company knows that uh, 
this process is not deterministic, you're not guaranteed to have success in three months? Or like, how, how would you approach that? Uh, I would say that I do that all the time, because even if you uh, kind of say that uh, the, at the interviews and uh, in the beginning, uh, it's still kind of, it can be hard if it's an IT company, which is used to having uh, developer te developers team who just implement some specific tasks and it's like a deterministic uh, way of doing things. So I usually just kind of always <laughs> talk about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, interesting. And uh, I think we talked a bit about uh, like that sometimes maybe a dashboard is uh, what uh, the company needs, not a, not a solution, not a machine learning model. Um, so how do you, uh, how can we understand if a problem actually requires machine learning or it can be just simple analytics, like a couple of queries uh, put in a dashboard? Like how do you, what's the process of figuring this out? I would say it's uh, better always to start from something easier. Like I always start from some kind of exploratory data analysis and I see already if uh, I need a model for that or I can do it uh, differently somehow. Uh, so it's uh, it's more about not being like focused specifically on just building models and more on solving problems and how you can do that and uh, trying to kind of explore and research uh, in the beginning, more rather than just trying to uh, just get all the data again and uh, quickly engineer some features and uh, start training models because uh, this is not like the main idea. And uh, also I think iterations kind of help uh, a life kind of part in terms of data science process, but you kind of uh, trying to at least split the work in some kind of steps and try to look every time if it works if it works or not. For example, I built like many prototypes over time um, for models uh, because it's kind of easier to see if uh, some features are working. So I wouldn't like spend too much time uh, developing something that's not gonna be useful later. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can talk about specific projects uh... Uh, but maybe you have an example where you did something super simple that uh, didn't require machine learning and then uh, improved and uh, did a few iterations and then added some machine learning on, on top of that later. I would say that uh, thinking about some of the projects I had, I don't remember the projects if I like added machine learning after that, but I put that in the future, if like more data is added here, for example, uh, there is a possibility to communicate different uh, customers in more effective ways. So at first uh, I tried to identify like which of these customers can churn, uh, like the, which of the risky ones uh, in terms of churn. And uh, at first it was just an analysis, what can we, can be related to that. And I, built a model which helps to identify probability of churning. And after that, uh, I've been like collaborating with uh, marketing department about uh, trying to communicate with them. And probably later we can build a model on top of that to, to identify which, what is like the most effective way to uh, communicate, which are like activities can be used uh, to, for attention of customers. But, mm -hmm. Uh, like right now, it's 
partially machine learning, partially just analysis. And I'd say it's always kind of done that way that you try to um, do something which is easier and faster in the beginning. So you know if it's like even high priority, if it's even needed for this kind of problem. Because sometimes uh, some people can say that they something that they need or like uh, the solution uh, right now, but it sometimes turns out that it's not really that uh, needed. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess when it comes to churn, uh, you can just analyze churn rate in different segments. Right, you can yeah. look at uh, um, I don't know maybe people for specific uh, type of uh, I don't know business or uh, people from specific countries. And then just by doing group by and looking at the average churn rate, you can uh, already understand what are the segments that are more likely to to churn, right? Or is it does it work like that? Or this? I'd say that at first it was more like trying to understand from the point of a product, like how it usually happens, what mm -hmm. influences uh, this process the most. So I had like some kind of event triggers at first, and just information about that and. Uh, than the model itself. Uh, so yeah, first it was like more of a um, basic analysis what can, can be related to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I think we already talked about the timeline, right? So for the first project, uh, uh, like you can see, uh, like in three months you have a POC, um, ideally, right? That's uh, yeah. and for the second project, like should it be faster or like do you would you expect to to have it in the same timeline or how does it usually work? I would say it like it's a boring response, but it depends on the case because sometimes it can be some project which requires working with the data you didn't work before or requires some additional work there with pipelines and stuff. But, but if it's something that can reuse uh, the previous work, then it should, I kind of expect it usually to be faster. Mm -hmm. So uh, if uh, it's not a very complex problem and you already know the data set, yeah. so uh, each, uh, uh, each next model should be a bit faster, right? Yeah, especially if you kind of uh, reuse uh, mm -hmm. some of the pipelines, because I usually try to automate a lot of stuff. It's kind of my, uh, I would say, hobby, but I don't know. I like automating uh, a lot of stuff because it's uh, kind of boring to repeat yourself all the time mm -hmm. with, with like these features and analysis. So it's uh, getting faster with uh, different projects to get them done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a question about identifying the best model for a problem. And um, maybe not just a model, I think it's interesting because we talked uh, that sometimes there is uh, these things can be solved with analytics. So how would you suggest identifying the best uh, solution to a problem? Mm, I would say that uh, you can analyze it both from the perspective of a data scientist, like using specific metrics depending on what kind of case do you have? But uh, it's also maybe even more important to try to understand uh, what you are actually improving and how you can measure that. And something that I'm always uh, kind of focusing on while planning, I always like ask uh, people who like give me this uh, kind of request if they need something uh, to be done. I always ask them like, how are we gonna measure that, and how are we gonna know if it's working or not? And even if they don't know, we can like figure out it together. But 
it's something that should be done in the beginning because uh, usually when you just come up with something on the way, you never know if there is like correlation uh, with the results. And uh, so it's part of the kind of define it earlier and then to try to compare your solutions using both the uh, data science uh, methods and uh, also um, your knowledge of uh, domain. Mm -hmm. And uh, another question is uh, like, how do you evaluate your performance? Um, I think we, you kind of answered that. So you can, uh, uh, like when you define these uh, KPIs, when you define these metrics, you can already see if your models are working or not, right? And this is a good way of evaluating your performance, right? Like how well you're doing, how well your models are doing. Yeah, I would say it's a tricky one for data scientists and um, in the first startup where I worked, uh, there was like a lot of discussion about KPIs and how it can be calculated. For example, like if number of deployed models or number of trained models uh, can be a KPI or what is usually like could be helpful. And I, I personally can say that I found an answer for myself, but uh, it's more like probably how you deliver the insights but again i'm not sure it's related to speed because mm -hmm. people have different pacing when they work some people require more time some people require less and so it's more like uh, on how you are oriented on what you do and how you try to provide some insights even if it's uh, not the, the answer that was kind of expected like mm -hmm. a failed model is not a fail mm -hmm. yeah right because I imagine if your KPI is number of uh, models running in production, then uh, like what if uh, we know that machine learning is not deterministic? Yeah. It can happen that just by uh, uh, bad luck, your projects yeah. are not successful just because uh, it happens, right? And then it's not that uh, like you're not working well, it's because like stuff happens. And uh, so... Maybe a number of uh, experiments uh, that you did could also be a good uh, KPI, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. So many, maybe many of them are failing, failed, but uh, that's that's part of learning. And who actually evaluates your performance? Because I imagine if you're the only data scientist in the company, other people might uh, not know how well you're doing your job. So how do they, who, who evaluates you and how do they do this? What do they use? To, to understand if you're doing well? Uh, right now it's like a kind of uh, business analytics depart department. And uh, maybe because he's also like a data analyst, it kind of mm -hmm. helps to be in, on the same wave about that, that the uh, experiments are experiments. And uh, the, basically he just has like some ideas what can be done and how fast it's usually done. So. Maybe it's a bit subjective, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that there is like a specific system of KPIs, but mm -hmm. that's how it's done right now. So having analysts in a company definitely helps because these are the people yeah. who you can uh, talk to on the same language, right? Because they yeah. probably understand that they, uh, most of analysts, I think they know that machine learning exists, even maybe they don't have hands-on experience, but they probably have some ideas what it is, right? Yeah, basically, like uh, this colleague of mine suggested to hire a data scientist because he saw like problems which couldn't be solved just using data analytics. So, mm -hmm. yeah, some data analysts try stuff in machine learning or 
just know how it works in general. And when you are a lone wolf, wolf data scientist, uh, like uh, you're alone in the company and you get stuck, like uh, there is a, a problem that you cannot solve. Like how do you, who do you ask for guidance? Who do you ask for help in this situation? I think it like it depends on kind of uh, what I get stuck in. If it's like something business related, then I can discuss it with my colleagues, depending on for whom I'm like making this kind of project. If it's more data science related, uh, it's usually not intimidating for me. I just try to read more about stuff. I, I try to communicate with uh, people I know in the field and like go to mm -hmm. different events and uh, also discuss it with in communities that I know. So um, I don't usually feel like it's something like a huge problem for me. Mm -hmm. Like it could be, it used to be when it was like just the beginning of my career. Um, but right now I don't really feel like it's, uh, it's necessary to have someone by your side because um, basically as data scientists we all work kind of separately and we don't collaborate that much as uh, maybe software engineers do. Okay, yeah, so basically you used your network. You go yeah. to meetups and uh, perhaps the, the community we mentioned at the beginning, women who code, uh, it's also like where you can ask for help, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, um, yeah, another question we have, what are some good ways to communicate the information that you gained through uh, your analysis, uh, deploying your model to the analytics team? Uh, is it better during, uh, uh, is better to do so during research or uh, by running things? Mm, I think it's, uh, it's more like about the format as I understood like this question or more about like, uh, when do you stop? Like, when do you have the situations and like present? How, how do you do this? Like, how do you communicate uh, to the analytics team? Like, let's say you run a model and then you want to uh, tell about the results. Like, how do you do this? I usually just create some kind of a report uh, visualizations, which could be more or less interpretable for them. And even if it's more of my specific metrics stuff, I try to explain it as much as I can. And for, so we could be like, so we could talk on the same way for, and basically it's always better for me to kind of make a report because it kind of also helps me to understand when I'm creating it, what I could miss, or if I did everything what I was thinking about. So yeah. Basically, it can be just a team call or one-to-one, -one, depending like how many teams, how many people in the team you have. And in um, if you are like discussing it with other teams, uh, it helps to kind of have some kind of company-wide discussions or tech talks. Something that I had experience uh, with quite quite often, I would say, and it's kind of helpful to educate everyone else uh, in the company as well. Do you have uh, some specific format for your reports? Like some template that you use? Mm, not really. I think I would like to have one probably, but it changes over time and in different companies. It like depends when you kind of present to other people because uh, over time you get you get to know them and you know what's like uh, more insightful for them. So. 
I don't have any like automatic uh, reports. I just do everything in code and try to like mm. present it in with some kind of visualizations. So usually it contains some visualization, right? So yeah. like this is uh, like the, for example, if we take A-B test, so these are the results with model and these are the without. This is the metric we, uh, we're measuring and this is the uplift, right? Or there is no uplift and uh, our experiment is bad. Right? So this is yeah. the kind of uh, language you use for communicating the results. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, another question is, um, so is your background is that you were transitioning from software engineering to uh, data science. Do you have any advice for people who want to do the same? I would say that the most uh, important thing for me was to kind of get used to this non-deterministic mindset. That it's something I got to discuss a lot with uh, other people who try to switch uh, as well to data science from uh, software engineering. And uh, usually a lot of people struggle with that most of all, as well as with probably some mathematical background. And uh, I'd say that um, trying to read about that more and understand that and trying some stuff in practice, that's something that helps. Um, but uh, I also think that it's kind of, uh, it's not a problem to be a software developer and not to be a researcher, because especially if you're kind of focused on uh, working on specific problems in the company, not doing some kind of uh, research, but more of a scientific research, then it, it's going to be more of your strengths because uh, a lot of stuff uh, is not just about training the model, it's uh, about everything else around it, like the maintenance, deployment, monitoring. So I would say for me, it's really helpful that I have this background because it helps me to do all this stuff in a more efficient way. So basically, for you, is uh, like if you work as a single data uh, only data science in a company, then it definitely helps to have this background. Yeah, for sure, because you can get to do a lot of stuff from scratch and uh, implement a lot of things in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when it is the right uh, moment to start asking for more more data scientists? So let's say you joined uh, a company as a as a as one data scientist and then you did a couple of uh, proof of concepts then some of them really worked and then uh, you now have many projects uh, some of them were successful and how do you uh, how do you understand that now it's time to ask for help like to get more well, yeah yeah i personally kind of always feel that <laughs> i don't know intuitively but in terms of like the load of projects uh, I mean, like what's expected, how many projects in the same time are having high priority and if I can like physically do that all myself. And uh, company-wise, I would say if you deliver value, it's kind of uh, easier to get this kind of suggestion from the company itself that you need to get more resources and to expand. So it's more about kind of your own work uh, and uh, trying to deliver some kind of results and also about uh, managing expectations and managing the work as you do and always kind of seeing that in terms of pressure and, and plans that you have for the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you understand that you're falling behind, that uh, many projects, all of them are important and you cannot implement them, uh, maybe even the management will come to you and say, hey, how about uh, getting some help? 
Right. Yeah, basically that's what happened like uh, at uh, the first startup where I worked, but at some time, at, at some point there was already like two data scientists except for me, I was like the third one because there were several like threads which were at, at the time really important and they needed work and that's why uh, it kind of, uh, although it takes time for me as well to <laughs> mentor these people to um, do some kind of onboarding, but uh, usually this this time it usually pays off uh, if you need to have some work done simultaneously, different directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about stopping the project? So let's say you work on a project, so it looked promising at the beginning. Um, you did a POC, and then uh, after some time you realize that uh, this project is not going anywhere. So like the results aren't great. You've spent too much time on that. Um, how do you stop working on this project and perhaps pick a, a different one? I think that it always happens and uh, uh, it helps me to discuss it with, uh, with my team. If I have like a big analyst in my team, I always discuss with them like priorities, what do they think is more important. So basically when you like, always asking yourself if I'm doing the most uh, important stuff right now and uh, what, is, what can be done um, faster than anything else, then you're kind of ready to switch to other things. And regardless of uh, how, how it could be like more or less interesting to you. Because uh, like I know, at least for, for me, when I work on a project, I developed this attachment to this project, even though I know maybe it's not as successful as I wanted uh, this project to be, but still when you put some effort in a project, it's very hard to let it go. So do you have any secret how to uh, to overcome that, like or advice maybe? Mm, I think I, I just personally don't feel uh, when I try to stop the project that I kind of have a lot of regrets. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how it works. I just, uh, when I'm like working on the project, I'm usually like very much focused on it. But uh, if I see that it's not working, I'm like just always saying to myself that I will come back to it later if, I, if it's going to be working. Because like the main idea for me is not to do something like to work on the same project all the time because I just like it. But mm-hmm. uh, like the main purpose of my work is to uh, deliver some insights and uh, to do that uh, in a an effective way so basically that's more about like reminding what you're doing and what's your purpose do you have a list of questions that um, let's say if you want to join a company that doesn't have data scientists yet do you have a list of questions that uh, you want to ask before joining the company like are there some i don't know maybe five ten questions that you have to ask before making this decision to join them yeah, I think the first and the most important question for me is uh, asking how does the company sees data scientists and uh, what do they expect from from me in the company? How do they imagine what I'm going to be doing in in the company? Uh, basically, just uh, hearing the answer says a lot about uh, whether the company is ready for data science and. Uh, whether they don't just think that it's kind of some kind of a magic thing that's going to solve everything, or uh, how like the mature, how mature the company is in 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 this uh, matter. And also, I would say that more of a 
additional problems uh, is additional questions is like what kind of problems do you expect me to solve because uh, again that says about uh, how how ready the company is and uh, do they like hire you for a specific pro problem or are they just having the feeling and intuition that something can be done but they are not sure yet um, also i personally like to ask uh, uh, how do, you, how do you see like the deadlines? When do you expect the results to be delivered? Because uh, it seems to me that uh, a lot of companies which are not really familiar with data science, they uh, think in terms of the deadlines from software development and usually it's kind of faster than it is in data science. And uh, again, it says about uh, kind of preparation and uh, if, if the company is ready to accept how the, the process is going to be running uh, with data science. Um, also, I would say um, it's important to get to know more about the collaboration in, between teams and to ask about that, like if the teams are collaborating together, how often do they build something together and uh, can one team like work on, on the task and another continue something because Basically, this is uh, maybe I would say even the essence of what we do as data scientists because like I can just create some model, but if it's uh, if the results of this model are not used later on by other teams, it doesn't really matter that much and it won't provide any kind of a result and uh, it won't be I won't be able to get some like evaluation of what I've been doing and it won't be visible whether it's it was actually worth it to hire data scientists for the problem and uh, maybe also um, i personally ask about the future plans of the company like if they're planning to have a team in the future uh, to just uh, get to understand uh, what kind of problems do they do they have how they like perceive that and can uh, because I personally like interested in expanding stuff and I'm not just always like coming to the company thinking that I will be working as a only data scientist in there for years because it's uh, obvious that problems require like more resources so for me it's uh, also interesting to hear if uh, how company perceives that and do they actually see uh, this like as a, as a some kind of potential field for, for growth and uh, something to, to do in there for the company. Yeah, thank you. And you mentioned at the beginning was one of the first thing is like whether a company is ready for data science. And uh, how do you assess readiness? Is it something that we talked about, like having a data pipeline, having a, uh, analysts uh, or maybe a department with analysts, things like that, right? Yeah, and then also like uh, hearing how they kind of describe what data scientists do, because it helps to understand whether they already like have some expectations, if they are close to reality or not, and if if they are not, uh, whether it's going to be a problem or not. So how do you ask that? Like, what in your opinion do data scientists do every day? Like, do you just ask like that? It's more like how do you imagine my work? What they will be doing or to solve this kind of problem or what kind of problem they expect me to solve. So it's more like, I would say, a more vague way of asking that. 
Yeah. I see that there is a, I managed to restore my computer and I opened Slido with questions and I see that there is a question with four upvotes. I know we run out of time, but maybe you have a couple of more minutes to yeah, okay. answer that question. Yeah, so when would it be best to take a model out of research environment and integrate it into the live product? And what factors are important uh, to think about when doing that? I would say that it's better at first to test it out if it's possible outside of a product. Like sometimes uh, it's not always implemented inside of the product. Like for example, uh, the churn prediction model that I worked on in Restream, it basically helps one specific team and it doesn't really influence anything related to the product. So it's like not integrated into it, but sometimes like, for example, uh, I used to work in, when I worked in a FinTech startup, uh, there was uh, a lot of work related to anti-fraud, the credit scoring, and it was like one of the uh, key components of uh, client's evaluation. So before just integrating all that and running all the clients with this new uh, way of uh, evaluating them, uh, the thing that I did was kind of baby testing. I was just uh, running it in the silent mode and getting some kind of responses of the model and trying to evaluate that and instead of like just uh, turning it all on and seeing how it works because it's kind of a risky thing to do, I would say. <laughs> And, uh, and if you like have yeah this kind of first results, you already uh, get to know if it's worth it to try to run it uh, in like fully in production in inside your product. But still, even if you like get to run it, I, I wouldn't say that it's good to turn it like on for all of the clients. It is better to do it kind of in a A/B testing manner. Okay, thank you. Um, maybe. Do you have any last words before we finish today? Mm, I would say like mm, the, something that is the most important for me personally when I uh, start uh, introducing data science in companies is about uh, not being intimidated by challenges and be able to kind of learn fast and uh, be ready that you sometimes have to do a lot of work yourself and also educate people around you, but uh, probably sometimes that's the fun and for me at least it is. <laughs> Thanks. How can people find you? Uh, you can find me on, I think, LinkedIn. I'm not really active on Twitter, but also I'm on Facebook as well. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your experience. Uh, I apologize for all the technical difficulties first with sound and then with my computer. Yeah, happens in one stream, of course, when I go live. Okay, thanks everyone for joining us today, for asking questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Goodbye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.